Eric. Eric. I love that we summon him like that. <laughs> You got it. That's us. We're recording. We are now recording. Yay. And we didn't have to FaceTime anyone to make it happen either. No. It's not Monday. We're You're right. It's two days later. It's true. We're doing a special Wednesday recording because um, we have a special guest tonight. We do, we do. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, first of all, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And um, I'm Mary Angela. Yay! Yay! And this is Dead Time Stories. <laughs> yeah, we're welcoming back our good friend Mary Angela Saavedra to the podcast today. How are you doing, Mary Angela? I'm doing great, thanks. Very excited to have her here. Um, you may remember her from episode... Six or seven? <laughs> Damn it! I was depending I on Sarah remember. to know. Oh no, I didn't remember. I was hoping you knew, and that's Puff why you were asking Debbie. and looking. I know it was called Puff the Magic Debbie. Right. I think it was episode six because yeah, um, episode six. five was I'm the. I'm gonna look right now. So yes, Mary Angela was on. My why is it not showing episode all the episode six? Things? Um, it's episode. Seven. Ah, what was episode six? Debbie. Uh, Episode six was bitch slapped Betsy and slick dick. Oh, that's right. (laughs) It was the Bell Witch. We talked about the Bell Witch. Yep. That's how much we remember our own fucking and MK Ultra. Yeah. Um, but yes, Mary Angela was on episode seven, Puff the Magic Debbie, where she talked to us about her experience growing up in um, the is it called the Hutchinson House? Yes. Yes, in Chantilly, Virginia. Um, and we heard about her personal experiences, which, you know, she had a little ghost friend named Debbie and they played Debbie house, but, um, she was very little. So there's a lot of like her family's experiences in the house. But today, Mary Angela is back because she's going to talk to us about theater ghosts because we all do a lot of theater and, uh, yeah, the cool thing that she said to us before we started recording tonight, she was talking about how she had had these experiences in these places, so she looked up these places so that she could talk about the history there, but then a lot of the stuff that she read ended up, she she was like, yeah, that's what I experienced, and she didn't know that like other people had been through that too. So we're really excited to hear Mary Angela's stories today and gasp and ask questions. So Mary Angela, take it away. Thanks. Well, real fast, though. Oh. Y'all ready to talk about some oh. ghosts? <laughs> I said, you want, I want to work want on the catchphrase. Okay, I want to coin a catchphrase. We're 14 episodes, 15. This is going to be our 15th be episode 15. in. I want the people to have something to repeat. Okay, Let's you give guys. give the people what they want. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to talk about some ghosts? Let's do it. That was, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Mary Angela, bring it on. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to take you on a little tour of theaters all kind of around. Most of them in the, you know, like Northeast, some Southern, actually. Never mind. It's a tour. <laughs> Is it primarily tour, East Coast? Tour, yes. And a little bit, a yes. little Midwest, but mostly East Coast. But mostly East Coast, yes. Um, theaters, because I have spent a lot of my life in theaters. From a very early age, I was going to theaters with my dad. And as I've mentioned in my last podcast, I'm a little bit sensitive to stuff, but I don't always like bring it up or I'll be like, that was weird. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just imagining this. Or sometimes I'm like, 
that was strange, but I don't want to tell anybody because I think I'm a weirdo. So like you mentioned, it was really cool to like look up these places and be like, oh, well, that goes right along with exactly what happened to me in these places. So I'm going to tell you about some theaters. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Ford's Theater. Do you guys know Ford's Theater? Tell me. Uh, Ford's Theater. Do we know Ford's Theater? <laughs> uh, tell them. Thank you. Thank you, five. <laughs> that was episode five. If you didn't get it from the thank um, you, <laughs> which was there um, was a what was the name fecal, of the um oh shit a oh, fecal forgery like and fort frustrations um it, <laughs> fecal fort frustrations fecal forgery yeah. and fort frustrations. This is just like um, when I told you that I wanted us to have enough episodes that there's a best of episode where we just we're doing it we're right doing now. it right now. This is just that right now. We're like remember this moment. Mm. Please go ahead. What happened at Ford's Theater besides Lincoln was shot there? And right. then someone took a cast of his poop. Of his right. poop, his last poop. Both of those things happened there. And majorly Before sure. your story. Right. Yes. Okay. Before Got my it. story. This is post-fecal forgery. Correct. This was, this was after. Noted. So when I was like 13 years old, the very first job on my resume to this day, when I give out a technical resume, it involves this job that I had when I was 13 years old because it was the first time I got paid to do theater and I did sound effects for my father's show called The Last Lincoln where he played Robert <laughs> Todd Lincoln. <laughs> Dead serious. And sound effects really... Wait, which Lincoln is that? Robert Todd was his son. Okay. His son that Well, because I heard the Todd and I was like, well, wait. Because she was Mary Todd right, Lincoln. Right, exactly. She was Mary no, Todd. And his name was Robert, Robert Todd, Todd Lincoln. Her dad played Mary Todd Lincoln. No. My dad played <laughs> Robert Todd Lincoln. He was very progressive at the time. And it was a one-man show. Stop. <laughs> Every story I hear about your dad is the best. Sorry, go ahead. It's true. So, yeah. So, he had this job at a one-man show Robert, playing Robert Todd Lincoln. And the playwright was like, look, I can get us three nights at the Ford's Theater. Like, how cool would that be to play Robert Todd Lincoln Stop. in the Ford's Theater? Now, something you need to know about Robert Todd Lincoln is he witnessed not only his father's assassination. He was with him when his dad got shot. He also witnessed the assassination of Garfield and the attempted assassination of McKinley. So people were like, you're a cursed human being. You keep watching Damn. people die. This one-man play was about his experiences, starting from the time he was just before his father got shot, all the way through the attempted um, assassination of McKinley. So it spans a lot of time. And sound effects for this show involve, can you guess? Gunshots. <laughs> exactly. So my job is to hold a cap gun or a starter gun. Is that, it was actually a starter pistol. Up in the balconies and fire off this gun. Oh at my god! Particular in the Ford moment. Theater. In the Ford's theater. No, no, yes. no. Yes. Thank you, no, ma'am. I would not know. Why would they? <laughs> I don't. And they want gave this that job. job to a child. They were like, "Fucking." Have they the don't kid know any do better. It. Because let we me explain. Be my father's logic is: if they pay the child, then the dad gets the money. <laughs> he was just literally being like, "I can bankroll this and get more money if I be like, my kid will do sound effects." Now, mind you, this was not the only place I did this show. He did it at um, the Roundabout Theater, which is like a theater in the round in Maryland and then the arena stage he did it there too and both times I did also do sound effects but the first place I did it was a fourth he made theater. you go spate basically so I remember being 13 and being up in the balcony and where you are in the balcony it kind of looks it's like angled directly at the box that of course has the flag and it's all blocked off and you know that that's where Blinken died and Jeez. it's a whole thing and I'm supposed to be sort of below like I'm supposed to lay in the floor 
um, kind of not sitting in a seat, but on the floor, to sit down on the floor in front of the seat so that people don't look up in the balcony and see a 13-year-old kid in a rainbow bright shirt with a starter pistol getting ready to like fire at the stage. So yeah, so I remember sitting up there and um, I remember after the dress rehearsal, I went downstairs and was like, is there any way to turn down the air conditioning? Because it's freezing up there shut up and the guy was like are you kidding it's 95 degrees in here right he's he's like there's no but he was like there's no air conditioning this is ford's theater like we've got fans we've got like stuff he's like also it's like march so we're not really into air conditioning right now and i'm like okay but it's really cold up there like it's really really cold and he was like where you were was cold and i was like yeah and he was just like okay and that's really all I said about it. And of I remember like, right. <laughs> Cause I think my dad didn't want to like freak me out. But as I got older, I learned that cold is a sign for like spirits. Like if you're feeling cold spots as they call them sometimes or whatever. And it, it definitely didn't, it wasn't there. Like when I got there, it was something that happened while I was up there sitting on the floor. Fucking like, shooting cold. a gun off. Like, getting cold. Me where I was just like, I'm really cold. The spirits um, were like, you rang. Right. Exactly. Like you're, you're talking about me. Um, I'm right here. I'm right here. The other thing that happened was, um, I was up there and I was also, you know, still again, trying to hide, but I felt like, I felt like I wanted to get up. Like like it was something like, almost like I was going to fall if I stayed where I was. So I stood up and my intention was to walk down to the end of the row and sit back down, like more like on the stairs. Cause I felt like, Oh, I'm, I'm in the way, like maybe this is the way the floor is or whatever. But it was like, it was a really weird sensation. And I was like, okay, this is strange. I'm going to just get up and I'm going to walk over here. And when I got up and walked to the stair, I stopped at the stair and I looked down to the audience and literally someone had just turned and was like staring at me, right? (laughs) Who was just like looking at me. And then of course she like yelled and I like ducked and like hit the floor and like threw my hand up because I have a cue coming. And then my father managed to just fold it into the show. Some way of being like, pay no attention to the girl in the balcony with the gun. Like, you know, (laughs) like something really ridiculous. But my dad was like, why in the world did you move? Like, you go there pre-show. Like, why would you get up and move around? I was like, you don't understand. Like, I just felt like I was going to fall. Like, like I was getting ready to fall forward into the, like, you know, there's basically a, a one more seat and then the, the balcony and then it's over. And I was like, I, I couldn't help it. Like, I felt really like, and he was like, you were dizzy? And I'm like, it's really hard to explain, but I just had to get up and, like, go down here. And my dad's like, well, you like almost totally blew the show like so don't do that again i'm all like okay well tell the ghost to leave me (laughs) the fuck alone i don't know what's happening but like it's all right so those are the only two things i experienced there personally but when i did some research on the ford's theater it basically talks about the fact that the ghost of mary todd lincoln has been seen leaning over box seven the railing and pointing toward the stage they've heard cries that say like he's killed the president there have been witnesses who said they've heard that (laughs) i don't like that i don't like the idea of being in that theater and just hearing distinctly like from the back just like like, frantic he killed the president and just being like what the really it finally happened oh wait (laughs) (laughs) you bitch now, what I find really interesting is they say that John Wilkes Booth is believed to haunt the stage area at Ford's Theater, which is interesting because he didn't actually die there, right? So he, he was somewhere else. Um, but they say that many actors who have worked in productions at the theater um, in one particular spot on the stage located center left, it's always icy cold. And when they go there, they often forget their lines. They often blank. They often like 
have like they stutter in a time when they wouldn't stutter. And I do remember the only time I've ever seen my father flub a line was on stage at Ford's Theater. Like, I'm not going to lie. That actually happened where I was like, I've never seen my dad just give up a line. Or, I mean, and granted, this was a one-man show and maybe he was tired. But I wonder why it would be left center. Well, because that would be the box closest to... Closest to where Yeah, to where... Lincoln was Lincoln's box was I mean and nobody really I mean it's alive obviously from who witnessed it oh, but yeah. I mean he would have to to kill him the way he did he would have had to be fairly close this wasn't couldn't have been like an across a thing um, and it's not a tiny stage I mean it's not huge but it's not it's not super intimate like it's there so yeah I'm thinking maybe that's it but yeah that was just it was interesting where I'm like you know I've never seen my dad flub a line in the history of ever but he sure did there in that show, like, a couple times. So other people have said they've seen Booth's ghost running across the stage, as he did the night of the assassination of Lincoln. I'm thinking that might be more of, like, their imaginations. Again, the man was shot in a barn and not at the theater. So to me, I'm like, that doesn't hold too much water. I think it was probably the cold spots are probably Mary Todd or other people from that time. You don't think they're Lincoln? No, because he died across the street. That's fair. Because he survived the night. Well, here's the thing, though. There's also something known as a residual haunting, which is basically a loop of time just replaying itself over and over and over again. And it's not intelligent. It doesn't know what's going on. It's almost like an imprint on this world that as the tape, you know, sort of scans and moves, this imprint shows up still every once in a while because it's such a significant thing. There's Who's an to say Buffy about that. Oh my God. Well and you mentioned that about the party at Hutchinson House. It was the same kind of thing. It's right? yeah, it's, it's a residual haunting, haunting yeah. where it's just but the part oh the party, yeah. I was I was gonna say the Confederate room, they were intelligent. They turned right. and looked. But if it's a residual haunting, it's just like an imprint. You're not gonna be able to touch it. You can't mess with it. You'll see it in observe it but it doesn't know that you're there either because it's just replaying on a loop so who's to say that all three of them aren't there because at that moment when that crazy thing happened they a were all there. burst of energy hit this one space and left this massive imprint just like that's what i think about gettysburg being haunted it's just a massive imprint where this one area concentrated felt so much energy that of course something is going to be residual and left behind so it could be all three of them. Yeah, I buy that. I totally do. Yeah, it could be. That, that's true. Okay, so the next place I'm going to take you is to West Virginia. Let's go. West Virginia. I went to Shepherdstown, West Virginia. No. I hear Shepherd's they, Pie Town. I hear that they have a very hot, quirky little theater scene, <laughs> as mentioned in a previous and some episode. That's true. I heard that. I think that was just that was just last week's episode. That was that was the 13th. Um, well, no, was, not last week's. Week before last, because right, last week's time we this comes out, that's actually tonight's. No, that was in episode 13, Smurl Girls and, and the, the Holy Humidifier. Humidifier, which critics love, I'm noticing. <laughs> on well, our stats. I know that Wild Wonderful West Virginia has a lot of weird, weird shit going on in it. Well, tell us about it, <laughs> I mean, I can, I can tell you there's, you know, the Mothman. That's a whole episode in oh, itself. Oh, I know. There's, you know, there's the mystery hole. Which I've been to several. The mystery times. hole. The mystery hole. You know, right. I've had a few dudes try to convince me on a mystery I know, hole, right? <laughs> I was gonna say I've had a couple people want to learn about my mystery hole, and I'm like, it's a mystery for a reason. I don't answer questions. It's a mystery. Well, the oracle will only say never. 
<laughs> All I know is that when I took my family to the mystery hole, my mom would not go in. Yeah, of course your mom is. I wouldn't want my like, mom nope. in my mystery hole. She was like, nope, I'm not going. And she's like, you guys can go, but something bad is happening in there. And I'm like, it's not. Yeah, but something it's fine. bad always happens in a mystery hole. <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about the mystery hole. I'm going to talk about West Virginia Tech, which no longer uh, exists. <laughs> um, it's now West Virginia University Institute of Technology, and it's actually no longer in Montgomery, West Virginia, which is where it was when I was there. It's now in Beckley, West Virginia, which so is that's sad. A diff- that's just a different school, Mary Angela. Right. So it's, it's exactly. <laughs> but when I was there, it was they West renamed Virginia. it, moved it to another town. They, they just they they took it down, and now there's a different school in a different true. place. But when I was there, it was West Virginia Tech, and um, Montgomery, West Virginia, is a one mile town. It is 35 miles southeast of Charleston, West Virginia. It is in the middle of the mountains. It literally just pops up out of nowhere. Like there's nothing around it but this town. And the college was originally founded in like the early 1800s for dudes, of course, because that's what you did. Because those are the ones who went to school. Right. And then (laughs) all of a sudden it became um, a college for teachers, which then transitioned into primarily women because they were like, women are the ones going out and teaching. Um, And anyway, progressed forward and blah, stuff happened. When I was there, I was a music major. So I spent the majority of my time in a building called Conley Hall, which was one of the newer buildings on campus. And by newer, I mean like early 1900s as opposed to mid 1800s sure this building only had a little theater in the basement it had several music rooms and like music like choir rooms and that kind of thing and some classrooms um, and then the very top floor was classrooms but more like uh, structured labs like music labs so there was like computers and stuff for making music anyway in the middle of the ground floor and the top floor was the mezzanine and the mezzanine was Haunted AF. <laughs> a little bit. It was, it had very low ceiling because it was like a, 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 it was a floor that wasn't supposed to exist. Like, you know, but what they had done was they had turned it into um, rehearsal rooms. So you'd have like a little mini stand up piano in there and then you would have like a chair and a music stand and there would be like three little rooms on each side of this mezzanine with like a door that went down. And I only went up there like a handful of times because it freaked me out so bad when I was up there. Like, yeah, no. Yeah, I I never like the building never had a ton of people in it because there weren't a lot of music majors. This was an engineering school by the time I went there. No, nobody was like really like doing music there. There was like maybe 12 music majors, 15 at most. So I know that when I'm in that building, I'm almost always alone. Right. Unless it's during class time which who the heck goes and does homework or practices in the mezzanine during class time like that's that's not how Sarah happening. is do you see her over there she's I like do. red and shaking instead of mezzanine mezzanine <laughs> mezzanine exactly I'm so sorry I'm definitely listening to you that's okay it's fine I wish you guys could see her right now well you know what let me get a picture no, for her Instagram don't do it aww okay fine that face no, she's like red and like shaking with loud, and like her eyes are watering. That's true. She had that church giggle where like she was trying not I to interrupt, can't. but then she was like shaking. That's a nine. Please continue. <laughs> so the only things that ever happened to me there was um, I heard laughing one night. Like it was no, Mezza no. It was definitely like. I don't want to call it a gaggle of girls because I don't think it was that many, but it sounded like a couple girls. 
laughing and I'm like, I'm 100% sure that I'm up up here by myself. So, of course, I leave my little room and I check all the other rooms and nope, I'm still there. So then I'm like, okay, maybe somebody came in on the floor below and I'm just hearing it like whatever. But the see, the thing about the mezzanine is that it was all super sound resistant. You could go up there and sing and and not be heard downstairs and not be heard upstairs. So the fact that sound would come up like that would be unheard of like you know what I mean like I was just like that it's not that doesn't make any sense um so I asked uh one of my professors one of the music professors I really liked and I was just like have you ever like heard about anything going on in the mezzanine and he was like what do you mean like drugs or sex and I'm like no 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 I was like I mean like weird stuff like like hearing weird things and he goes laughing and I was like, yes. And I was like, and he says, you've heard laughing? And I was like, yeah. I said, is it because like you can hear people from downstairs even though you're not supposed to? And that's when he looked at me and he was like, Mary Angela, do you ever hear anybody singing in the mezzanine when they go up there to sing? And I was like, no. And he's like, right. So, no. And he's like, there's laughing. We don't know why. He's like, it's girls, right? And I was like, yep, that's what I heard. And he goes, when did you hear it? And I was like, like last night and he's like did you leave afterwards he's like because sometimes it'll keep happening like it'll interrupt oh, you no and, like, no and he was just like it's, it's good that to just, just like, upset me really badly <laughs> he, he basically was just like it's good to call it a night if you hear the laugh when you hear oh the laughter God. not that oh anything would hurt you like he was he didn't make it sound like i would get hurt but he was just like you won't get any work done like if you hear the laughing like no. they're not gonna leave you alone. You should just go. Like you should. Because they're be like, like me and Adrian. Like they just once they start giggling, like they're just up all night. They're just <laughs> that. Like scares me as much as the idea of like a shrieking woman, like uh, some laughing women. Like you just might as well it. just leave because it's gonna <gasps> keep. It's gonna keep happening. I don't like it. So <sighs> look at the bars on that for how you I screamed. I got so scared. <laughs> so two years after I left West Virginia Tech, I went back for a party for a frat party, and my plan. <laughs> Because I didn't have a place to stay, was to bring sleeping bags and sleep in the mezzanine. mezzanine? What the fuck get the is wrong with you? Get the fuck out. What is wrong well, with you? I was going to be laughing, right, but I wasn't going to be alone. And I was like, if the other person hears the laughing, like, then we'll just both then, be terrified. Then we'll both die together. At least well, I won't I was die like, alone. We can, we can go. So me and my then boyfriend bring sleeping bags and we set everything up and we're all there and we get all cozy and we start to fall asleep. And it's the middle of the night. I fell dead asleep. He wakes me up like two or three hours later. No, I don't And he goes, someone's in the building. No. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, someone's in the building. He's like, they're laughing. He's like, here, I'm downstairs. And I was like, okay. So we're going to pack this up. And I was like, we're going to go. I was like, we're just going to drive home. We only lived in Huntington. It was like 45 minutes away. I was like, we're done. Like, I'm sober. You sober? We're sober. Like, let's get in the car. We don't need to sleep here. We're leaving. And we just packed up our sleeping bags. And we just got in the car. And we drove all the way back to Huntington, West Virginia. Oh, my God. I don't. Like we're done here i didn't hear them but he, he was totally like someone's in the building and that's when i was like i know what this is and we're out we're out we're out we're out we're leaving so that's west virginia tech they had a theater there i know that's not really a theater that's the mezzanine but it was actually above the theater so, so that's why it was when like... you were doing research on places was this a place that that was corroborated no so <gasps> that was what was crazy so i looked and i couldn't find anything in writing about hauntings there at all other than old maine we're gonna put it out which... there on reddit or Anybody who listens Anyone to our podcast, if you went to West Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, because there were some things about Old Main, which is the, the oldest building on the campus, but nothing about Conley Hall. So I was like, okay. And 
Another little piece that actually I'm just now remembering, and I should have written it down, but I'm glad I'm going to share this with you now, is there was a building next door that got torn down when I was there, okay? And I need to find the Polaroid because we have a Polaroid that we took of the building two days before it was torn down, and I am telling you right now it's an arm in the picture. Like, I was with my my roommate at the time, and she was like, that's an arm. She's like, there is is something right there in that window, and that is an arm. I have to go find where that picture exists because I know I didn't get rid of that picture. But that was the building right next to it, which had been like a dorm. I wonder like if a... when those got torn down, that triggered activity yeah. and it morphed over too. Because I was like, there's nothing there that could have been like, yeah, that could have been a reason in a music building. You know what I mean? Now I know it was classrooms, but it was always a music building, like with classrooms. But that building next door was a dorm so there would have been people right there and they did tear it down and this was definitely after that had been torn down all of that i don't like it next one next story okay (laughs) so the next place we're going scary this is really scary (laughs) is to north carolina wilmington north carolina and we're going to talk about (laughs) thalian hall yeah which happens to be the sister theater of ford's theater they were designed by the same guy they were built he was built like maybe five Within five to ten years following the building of Ford's Theater, but it was the same guy. Thalian Hall and City Hall are attached, aren't they? They are. Because I always think that's really cool. Yeah, like Thalian Hall is like the big theater in my hometown, like the big famous theater. But it's like a part of City Hall, like where like the mayor's office is. Which Which is the front half of the building. Which I just think is really, I always thought that was really neat. Where I was like, that's how important theater is in my hometown. It's true. (laughs) It's part Um, of City Hall. Anytime they film anything... Involving the assassination of Lincoln and they can't get into Ford's Theater, which is often because Ford's Theater has gone under a lot of renovations. So it looks considerably different than it did. But not Thalian. Not Thalian. They film it there. So The Conspirator was filmed in Thalian Hall because it looks exactly oh. like Ford's Theater. It's it's that much of a sister. They're designed the same way. They're laid out the same way, um, which is awesome. And I have done a lot of theater in Thalian Hall. And again, it was cold spots. Like everybody always talked about the cold spots where it'd be like, especially if you're up in the balcony, balcony over there, a lot of cold spots. And I'm like, yep, I've definitely experienced cold spots. We'd have parties in there. Um, I was dating the tech director for many years and he had keys to the building. So you could go in anytime you want. We had hurricane parties in there. Everybody would like hang out and just like stay the night. And the really fun thing to do the next day is to go to the diner and sit around and talk about all kinds of weird stuff you heard or you like, you know, thought you sensed or saw in some cases. I never saw anything beyond stuff out of the corner of my eye, which for stuff out of the corner of my eye, I tend to like write that off off, as, yeah, as being like, that's just, you know, my eyes playing tricks on me Mm -hmm. or like whatever that can't possibly be. But the vicinity of the stuff I saw out of the corner of my eye goes along with stuff I found (laughs) when I was looking up online. Um, So they talk about how the second balcony is particularly active. So Thalian has actually two balconies. There's a first balcony and then a second balcony that we like to call the gallery. And that's actually where the light booth is. And those gallery seats are the ones that are like, I guess the cheap seats, right? Where they're like, it's like a bench and you like yeah. sit really high up and whatever. And yeah. so they're always like in the second balcony. Peasants ran amok and stuff is happening up there. Like that's where everything is. Um, <laughs> well, ghosts are poor just like us. They right. can't afford to go down to the better seats. <laughs> and that is the vicinity of where I would see things. Like um, I was 
stitching up the main rag, which is like the big curtain on the stage. And I had been hired for $50 to stitch up this giant rip that had happened and some production that had just taken it out. And they were like, we don't have the money to replace this main rag Somebody right now. Somebody stepped like, on just... it during Chicago yeah, and I mean, just fucking was... tore it. <laughs> big, big rip. So I mean, when, had I saw, it coming. when I saw uh, Zach Simcoe, who listens to our podcast, play uh, play Amos, <laughs> that's such a good production. I was in the building then too. Um, so yeah, I'm sewing it up, and because I can't be in there when there's like rehearsals happening or when there's a show going on, obviously. So Chris would let me in, like you know, at odd times to like sit and work in there while he'd go be back in his office doing something. So I'm basically in an empty theater. Already, there. I don't like it. So, <laughs> Honestly, theaters empty are just like churches empty on your own. They're fucking terrifying no matter what happened there. There's a feeling there. I don't yep. know what it is, but I've been in both a theater by myself and a church by myself. And I don't like either. And the feeling in both at the same. I think it's because there's, First of all, it's a place where you know a lot of people. Well, I, I didn't want to say congregate, but congr- I wasn't trying yeah. to make a pun. But that's where a lot of people congregate, and also because both of those places have a lot of nooks and crannies where a person could be hiding. Like, right? Ugh, like, yes. there's just so many spaces in both a church and a theater that like somebody could be around this or behind this curtain or like in this way. I know, I know. Sarah's making this face like, blah, blah, blah. and I agree. Yeah. Okay. Finish what you're saying. So I've always felt very at peace in theaters because I spent a lot of time in theaters. So while what I a weirdo, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do get creeped out. I I am easy to to brush that off and be like, this is a safe place. Like this is a theater. It's a safe place. I'm always going to be fine in this theater, regardless, because it's a theater and it's a safe place. Um, but yeah, I was sitting on the floor stitching the main rag, and literally out of the corner of my eye, up in the gallery, I saw movement to which I looked up immediately because I thought maybe it was Chris maybe somebody in the light booth nobody nobody is up there there's nothing up there and I'm like all right that was weird okay cool back to stitching back to stitching back to stitching like 20 minutes later it happens again and I'm like this is very strange like something is happening and that's when I got this kind of feeling of like I should just wrap this up or I should go get Chris and be like can you just come and sit out here while I finish stitching this because you know and what I ended up doing was just sewing really fast <laughs> and it was because it was hand stitching and I was just like okay so I know for sure that the um, stitching job that I did on that main rag was not great I'm going to say that right now I know they've been re- they've renovated the theater since then so I am sure they tore that down and were like what the heck happened here well this is what happened <laughs> what happened was I think to go was I got and I was like out, I gotta finish and get the fuck like, out I'm not okay being in here by myself right now it's freaking me out um so when I looked it up online, uh, that is something they talked about. Cold spots, eerie sounds. They talked about, was it the second balcony? Yes, it was the second balcony. And that's where I was like, that's really crazy. Um, there was an in- incident with a dog. I'm sorry, what? There was an incident with a dog. This was actually from the first balcony, one level below. No, www.doesthedogdie.com. No, Let us know it right does now. not. Okay, okay, good. Okay. Everybody breathe. No dogs were killed. Okay, good. Thank <laughs> you. Can ha- kill as many people as you want, but don't touch the fucking dog. But this is the one they like to bring up online a lot. So if you search Thalian Hall haunted, like you're going to get this dog story like in several different places. Basically, the gist of it goes there was a director who had a dog who was just kind of running amok throughout the throughout the theater while they were directing. And the dog suddenly it looked either like the dog fell or the dog like was thrown off said balcony, except 
What was really interesting was the dog appeared to be caught on the first floor and was completely unharmed. Like, and it's not a short drop, by the way, from the first no, balcony. It's, to no, the, it's very, it's, it's a far. very far drop. Like, and it wasn't a big dog. It like was a, a small third floor. dog. Not like a second floor or the thing, like a third floor. Like Snoopy being thrown yes. off of, oh. But then being caught. caught. So the big thing is that something appeared to catch him and then, or catch the dog and then put it down. Like what it says specifically, uh, the show's director's small dog somehow made its way to the third floor gallery and was seemingly, it was a third floor, I thought it was the first, and seemingly tossed over the rail and landed in the first floor audience unharmed. Like something caught it. And I was like, yeah, well, at least we know these ghosts are like, oh, no, dog, not today. The ghosts are with us. They're like, we'll fuck with the humans, but don't touch the fucking dog. Leave the dog alone. But yeah, so I was like, wow, that's interesting. And then they did renovations in 2010 and in 1988. And in both instances, they found skeletal remains. Uh-huh. What? But here's why. Why did you just like scatter that in? Because bury the lead. Well, because Thalian Hall is built on the site of a, a sand dune, and what they think is that pre-Columbian Native Americans most likely buried their dead in sand dunes, particularly there because it's far enough away from the river and far enough away from the beach. So they think they're Native American. Like that's remains. how poltergeist started, right? That's literally so. how poltergeist happened. Yep. So I'm trying to see if there was any other of these that Antrax I found online right? that were really so. interesting. No. no, not beyond cold spots. And I don't think it's it's a native. I, I feel like the pet it's cemetery, a native the cemetery American. was on Native American land, and that's why the pets hmm. came back. Yes. Is it? It's been a hot minute. Uh, yeah, I think that's that. how that story went. It's, it's been a while since I've seen it too. But I'm I was like, like it's one right. of my favorite Stephen King. See, and I'm like, that's like the most to me like the most fucked up Stephen King. It's so scary. Oh, that's the most. Oh, he's got some fucked up. And ones. I think even I Stephen him. King has said like that's like the of the movie ones. Oh, like, it's rough. He's like that one's tough. Like I can't. It was very well done. I can't watch it. Yeah, I it's, haven't. It's really. There's only a few Stephen King adaptations to movies that I have actually watched because have, it's have, hard for me. To... I'm like, have you seen that one? No, because it's hard for oh. me to read the book. It's hard to read it the book. It's hard so for me to read good. Salem's Lot. I haven't watched even Salem's Lot. It's hard for me to read The Shining. I know it's different in the movie, but it's still hard. So I haven't watched The Shining because I love reading them, but it terrifies me to read them. So I don't want to watch them. The Shining is one of very few Stanley Kubrick movies that I'm like, nah, it was a good movie. But I know Stephen King hates that interpretation of it. Uh, yeah, I heard it's very, very different. And I love the book and I love the sequel. Sorry, Mary Angela. That's okay. <laughs> I agree with all that. <laughs> this is, you know, tangents happen. <laughs> so that's the Alien Hall. The dog was fine. The dog was fine. So that's the dip. The <laughs> but people have seen a lot of things. They've, you know, same thing, seen shadows, heard the murmurings of, you know, disembodied voices is what they called it online. But I was like, I never heard any of that. I never heard anything. I did see the thing when I was sewing the rag and I was like, I'm out. Um, but that's all that I personally can connect to. At but online, alien. yeah, at the alien. But online, there's a lot of stuff apparently that happens there. And I'm like, well, yeah, if you're buried on top of Native American burial ground, I'm sure a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like I'm sure, I'm sure there's stuff. Um, which now makes me surprised to think that I didn't see more things. But anyway, um, in the same town, across the street diagonal, two blocks down, uh, is a theater that was called City Stage. Which Rest was in peace. Yeah. The theater. Oh, 
Talk about ghosts. Makes me sad that it's not still there. But basically, it was a renovated Masonic temple that they turned into a theater, uh, which was... Sarah's face right now is a big, tall glass of dope. <laughs> it's at the top of the building. So it's like there, are, so cool. there are many floors sure below it, it and then at the very top is this... You know, Masonic Temple, obviously ritual theater. Um, and then uh, they converted the outside into like a rooftop deck that adjoined it. So it was like a theater with like a rooftop bar. Yeah. But like you're on this, you're already on the rooftop. You don't have to go up. You just go outside onto the bar. There it's cool. Um, it was very cool. And the bar is still there, right? But they just don't use the theater. Or something, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, it's just not a functioning theater anymore, the company. I mean, it needed new electrics and all kinds of stuff and they were just like yeah yeah, they're like we're not doing that um but what's cool about it was i don't know if you've ever seen a millionaire i'll buy it i'll fix it back up please that would be so great i would do it i would help you want to donate to our patreon (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't exist yet but it will once we have enough of you just fucking email us tell your friends okay (laughs) but if you've seen it it kind of looks like an operating theater one of those old operating theaters where the seats go like up the wall and then there's like a floor space with like a you know doors and and wooden like ledges and then there's a stage that goes up on that and it's just like there Sarah's like I've been to many a ritual (laughs) I get it what's cool about it is that when you go instead of going straight in to the middle right you can do that to get to the seating but there's also these two doors to the left and the right in the lobby and when you open them you go in and you're now on an inner tunnel loop that goes around the outside of the seating and then would basically spit you out on stage. What I'm assuming is that during rituals, people of importance go that way to come out on stage and the audience or the other people, the regular people, go in and sit in the seats. That's how. That's what it was assigned to do. Because they're almost like little secret doors. Like they're yeah. hard to see. They're just like built into the wall. Yep. And then you just go in and you're like... Because there. we did Rocky Horror there. And of course, during the opening number, we filed out of that secret door to molest people in the audience. That's true. Um, yeah. And from these doors, you could enter in onto the audience or the stage. Like there were other doors that would let you in like throughout these little hallways, which were pretty cool. Right away, that's like a little bit freaky. But I have also spent some time in that theater when it was mostly empty. It was actually early on in the renovation. So before they opened and started doing stuff... When I very first moved to Wilmington in 2000, me and my friend um, Lance and Angus were all hired to do like overhaul of the space, like to help clean it out. And like Lance and them did some work on the sound system. I actually wasn't a part of that. I was more of like, let's lug this stuff out here and let's clean this part out here. And I was in those little hallways pulling out all kinds of weird stuff usually like it was you know dead body no it was, it was like frames with rabbit. certificates and stuff i didn't understand or like audrey too that you were gonna try and use later <laughs> none of that it was nothing that cool i wasn't a theater yet it was just old leftover junk that was still in there from various things um I honestly, I'm not sure where half of the stuff came from, truthfully. It was almost like a rummage sale was happening and people were just storing stuff back there. Anyway, cleaning it out. Um, and everybody had that I was working with had taken a run downstairs. Like they had already like were taking some stuff out. And I know I wasn't completely alone. I know there were still people there. Yeah, but I'm telling you right alone. now, there were steps in the hallway like behind me. And I turned around and there was like nobody there. And I'm just like... I know, like, I know what a person sounds like inside the house walking around on the mm. on the stuff. I know what a person walking up behind me sounds like. And mm. that's what it sounded like to when I turned around, there not to be anything there. And, yeah, it was enough for me to be like, okay, I'm going to go find someone to come back up here with me or I'm going to go work somewhere else because I'm not going to stand here in this, like, hallway do this. 
the other thing that I noticed that I kept bringing up that everybody said they couldn't hear or they weren't sure if they knew they were hearing that or somebody was like, it's a sound system, it's this, that, and the other, is that during a production of Jesus Christ Superstar, there was this crazy hum. And it wasn't like when the band was happening or like mics were on or whatever. This would be like, I'm coming in because I'm wardrobe and I'm setting up and nobody's in for sound check yet and nothing's turned on. But the theater has this hum. You walk in and there's like this hum. And I'm like, do you hear that? Like, do you hear that hum? And people are like, no, I don't hear that. No, it's the bar outside. It's this outside. I'm like, no, like there's this hum. And it almost sounds like people sitting around being like, hmm, like it's on a tune. It's like not, I know what sound feedback sounds like. I know what the hum of like sound equipment sounds like. It's not that. It was like this soft hum. Like people were sitting around being like, oh, like chanting and just humming. Right. And I heard it a couple different times when I would come in in early on. Like it would have to be like right when I first got there and I'm one of the first people there. And then like it would just stop, of course, because people would come in and my, the musicians would come and start warming up and like stuff like that. And then you don't hear it anymore. And I never heard it outside that production. It was the only production. But I started thinking about it and I'm like, Mason's probably wouldn't have loved our production of Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm just going to say right now we did it kind of like Last Temptation of Christ. It was all very futuristic and pretty like edgy to say the least and i'm like and their jesus was black right yes oh that's it that's what did it (laughs) i was like and there was like so i mean i'm just saying maybe it was something i remember being 15 16 and thinking that was like the coolest shit i had ever seen i mean it was it was also a great it was a great great. production of jesus christ superstar (laughs) but i remember being like this is fucking cool i'm 15 it was good but nobody could ever corroborate that they heard the humming and, you know, while other people have been like, my stuff's gone missing in City Stage, like stuff notoriously went missing or got moved. And it's like, you know, every theater kind of has that problem. Would it show up somewhere else yeah. later? Somewhere where it's like, how did this get here? What's this doing here? Not all the time. Some things would just go, just be gone, gone. Yeah, well, that's um, because every theater has someone in the cast who's a fucking kleptomaniac. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> let's be honest. That's because actors theater steal. people are fucking thieves. We're all awful. It's We're like, true. this is cute. I'm going to just take this <laughs> well it's good to know about that the stuff that moved was pretty interesting but yeah i don't know and again when i looked up city stage online because it, it wasn't called city stage so i don't know what to look up to be like that building is called the this building level five at city stage. right i was like so i had a little trouble there um but those are my stories with city stage love it well, so now we're gonna go to chicago where I lived for four years, and while I was there, I worked at the Biograph Theater. Does anybody know what happened at the Biograph? It's very famous. That's where John Dillinger got shot. It is where John Dillinger got shot, outside the Biograph (laughs) Theater. He's watching a movie with his girlfriend. Because at that time, it was a movie theater. It was a movie theater. When Mary Angela worked there, it was like a theater theater. It was a theater theater. Yes. so uh, (laughs) he got shot in the alley right outside the Biograph Theater, and um, it had two renovations since he got shot. The second one being the one the Victory Gardens did. And it was a big one. They totally did overhaul it, turned it into an actual, you know, arena stage theater. theater yeah. um, put in an elevator, did like all kinds of crazy stuff. Really finished off the building wonderfully. And it wasn't the last show before I left, but it was maybe the second to last. There was a show. It was called Relatively Close. 
And this show had a house on the stage, built on the stage, that you could see in, like, almost like a dollhouse, where you could see people in the bedroom up here, in the living room down there. And I've seen that done before. I saw it done for August Osage County, and it was so good. Right? It's yeah, really cool that. where it's you're just like, idea. I'm looking at this whole mm-hmm. house. So this house had three bedrooms, a full living room with a dining room table, a kitchen with a real refrigerator and a microwave that all worked. Um, the oven didn't, but the oven was there. And... And it was perfect. And then there was like a a hallway that went to where the bathroom would be. And you just go down the stairs and that's where the green room was and obviously the bathroom. So when the set went up, I was like, oh, like the night this show closes because I knew they wouldn't do strike till the next day. I'm throwing a party and we're going to be on this set and we're going to sleep here because this is a great idea. There's like five beds and a couch and like we'll play cards at this fabulous dining room table and we'll stock that refrigerator full of beer and we'll just have the best time. We'll each pick our rooms. Right, exactly. We'll role play. We love it. We'll just sleep. It'll be fantastic. Now, I've never actually talked to Camilla about this. I really probably should have and I probably should have before this podcast, so I'm sorry. But um, Camilla was one of the people who spent the night in the biograph with me. I did not sleep well at all the entire night. Now, first of all, the house lights have two settings. They have off. They have like dim, which you do like right when the show is about to start, but you still want people to come in and sit like late but seating. you want them to know, yeah, the show's starting soon. Like, right, where it's like, quiet, like here we are and everybody yeah, yeah. get down. Um, and then like full on on. So for most of the night, right, lights are on and we're playing and being loud and raucous and having a good old time. Um, and then we're all like, woo, it's like three in the morning and we're sleepy. Like, let's everybody find your bed. Like, we're good. We're going to we're going to crash. And I find the bed that's on the bedroom on the floor. Right. There's two bedrooms upstairs and Camilla takes one and Corinne takes the other. And I feel like there was another person. I think Adam was with us. Um, and yeah, so like people are in the beds upstairs and I'm the only one who's downstairs. And I was like, all right. Let's turn the house lights out. Nope. Way too dark. Way too dark. Way too dark. Okay. Let's go to dim. Like dim is good. Dim is enough that it's like we're not in total darkness, but it's it's better and I can see what's happening. So we did that. And I thought I had had enough to drink where sleeping would just happen, happen. to me. <laughs> but it was one of those situations where, and this totally, I will... I will say this could be my, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety now as an adult. I did not have as much anxiety then. I mean, I must have been 34 years old. I was just about to turn 35. So I I hadn't really started to experience as much anxiety as I have now as old as I am. Um, But it could have been the precursors to that. This could have been like where it all started. But it's that moment when you fall asleep and you've fallen asleep and you're like really about to just suck into it and then something like jolts you out of it. Yes. And that kept happening like over and over again where I'd be like, I am so tired and I've had so much beer and I should be sleepy. I should be sleepy. I'm so sleepy. I'm so sleepy. I'm awake. I'm awake. And it was like, it just wouldn't stop. And I was like, okay, is it because I'm on a stage and I'm looking out at a house, like empty seats? Like, like what? is it and why can't I sleep it was the worst night's sleep I've ever had in my entire life after about an hour and a half I'm like okay I'm the only person awake I can hear snoring people are like definitely asleep I am the only person still awake and I'm just like this is nuts and you just relax just relax just relax and I start to like drift off again and then I hear the elevator and I'm like that's weird 
we're definitely only people in this theater, like, because I got keys and I had to lock everything in. And there's no way any of anyone else who works in my theater is coming into the theater at four o'clock in the morning. Why is the elevator going? Right. So now I'm just like, okay, that's super strange. Okay. Maybe just the elevator warms up and rides up and down for no reason. Who knows? Right. So I, I kind of write it off, but now I am awake, awake. Now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to wait to see if I hear it again. And sure enough, like 15 minutes later, there goes the elevator, goes up, comes down, doesn't ding. So it wasn't like cued. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, it was like no one was down there that pushed the button. This elevator just rode up and down like on two separate occasions to which I was like, okay, I'm just not going to sleep tonight because I don't know what's happening out there. And now I'm like, I have to pee because, you know, when you get anxious, you have to pee. But peeing would mean going out that yeah, door into the green room and being by myself. Out. And I'm just like, you know, do I wake somebody up? Am I like, please go pee with me because I'm scared to death. You know, instead of just like, no, it's cool. It's cool. I'm just going to just going to lay here. It's going to be fine. If I sprain my bladder a second time. And right, because I don't it. care because I'm not leaving this bed. So, yeah, I think I did fall asleep for a little bit at some point, like things did calm down a little bit because I know that I was asleep when the strike crew came in at seven thirty because they woke me up at seven thirty in the morning and be like, "Are you the box office girl?" Yeah, <laughs> I am. And they're like, "Were you here all night?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm just looking upstairs, and he goes, "Are there other people here?" And I was like, "Yeah." Just like, uh, give me a second. And I'm like waking up Kamala and Corinne and we're all like bedhead and grabbing our pillows and our sleeping bags. And we're all just like, it was a house on a stage. (laughs) What do you expect? Right. We're like cleaning up our, our, we have um, all of our beer bottles. We're like in this one (laughs) trash can and we're all just like, we're just gonna, we're gonna take this out on our way out. And they're like, we'll just strike this. Exactly. So, um. Yeah, that was the night I spent in the biograph. And I was like, yeah, I'll never do that again. I'm really glad I did it. It was fun. It was the worst night's sleep I've ever had. I don't know. And did you say you haven't asked them? About I was like, that yeah, night? did anyone else have an experience? They slept through the night. I do remember, like, at the time, I was like, how'd you guys sleep? And they were like, oh, like the dead. Like, I passed out. Like, I was so drunk. And I was like, but, you know, I've never since then sat down and been like, did you really? Did you wake do up you at all? Do you think it's because you... maybe were you the only one on the ground floor? I was the only one on the ground floor. Do you think maybe you're, that's why you were the only one woken up? Maybe. Also, here's my thing. I'm sorry. If I was at a party where I had to sleep on a stage and I was expected to go to a place by myself, that would not happen. Someone is spooning me to sleep. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be alone. <laughs> Well, I mean, we were all there together, which is why I was like, you know, everybody's got their own bed. We're all stretched out. Like, it just didn't seem like anything. And it wasn't until I just couldn't. And I I was very close to waking them up and being like, hey, y'all, like, this is, could be, something weird's happening here. But instead, I was like, they're going to think I'm a freak. So I was like, and it was my idea to sleep there. Sleep there yeah. So I was like, I don't want to be the like, hey, I know you all are drunk, but I need you all to like, wake We're up. Getting we got to fuck out. Maybe because some weird, weird Listen, all you had to happening. do was tell them, I've been hearing laughter. It's time to go. <laughs> right. Oof. That worked. Oof. But the other time. Um, I did ask the facilities manager about the elevator and she said the elevator would run, but not like go up and down. So she said that you would hear the motor and I'm like, nope, this definitely like, you know, the sound where it's like, and then it goes up and it comes down. Like that's a different sound than like your elevators humming. And I was like, this was not a hum. I was like, are you sure it doesn't just like 
run on its own and she's like no she's like it definitely hums but it doesn't like do that and i'm like okay just checking i don't <laughs> like, like that i, mean, I didn't want to ask, tell her why i don't want to be like so i used my key and my code and i, I stayed here the in the middle of the night and got drunk and <laughs> i was like is that elevator is running, that running? <laughs> but it was pretty much running so when i looked up the biograph of course they talk about john dillinger being shot they say that it's really in the alley next to the theater where people experience most things because that's where he was um shot. right because that's where he was shot but well, and people can't stay the night in the theater overnight. So yeah, but those homeless people, because one of the things it said was that some sources say the theater itself is not haunted, but other sources disagree. And I'm like, oh, I'm another source. And I disagree. <laughs> right? I love like, that. I'm here. Some sources <laughs> say it's not haunted, but other sources disagree. Yeah. You know, people think, you know, maybe it's John Dillinger or Jimmy Lawrence ha- haunting the last place they had fun. You know, whatever. I'm not 100% sure. I don't necessarily felt like it was malicious. It's just that something was there. Was there. And was kind of like, hey, what are you doing? What are you, are you not sleeping, are you? Like, what, what's happening? And Maybe they were just like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Hey, you're not supposed you're to be not here. You're not supposed to be here. Hey, you're up. not supposed you're to be here. Right. Wait the here. fuck up. We want you to leave. Like, is this a, run the elevator? Maybe I, that'll scare her. I imagine <laughs> that, or I just imagine like they were heckling you from the audience. Like they're like, put on a show. <laughs> we're bored. You would wake up like, ah, oh, ah, oh, and you start to fall asleep. <sighs> you're killing us again. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. And I then mean, the elevator was them leaving. They were like, we're over it. Someone call the elevator. <laughs> we're getting out of Get here. Get us the heck out of here. Yeah. I mean, we were definitely more entertaining previously to us, you know, passing out. So maybe. Yeah, for sure. And they were like, what is this, intermission? Get back up. Put, us, put on a show. So We're dead. We don't sleep. That was. What are you doing bathroom. up there? Is this David Mamet? Do something. <laughs> I know you're a woman on stage in a David Mamet play, but entertain us. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my experience in, in the biograph where Dillinger was shot. I mean, I would definitely say it's haunted, for sure. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never think it's not. Um, the last theater I want to take you to is actually here in Philadelphia. Of course. Circling it back around yeah. again. Bringing it home. It's the Academy of Music. Which is downtown. Have either of you been in the Academy of Music? I've never been to the Academy of Music. Oh my God, you're missing out. You got to see something there. It's really, really, really cool theater. I'm not going to lie. It's fancy and huge. It was built more like an opera house back in the day. So it has got four levels. You've got your ground level. Then you have your balcony. Then you have your family circle. Then you have your amphitheater. Four levels. In between, there's columns and everything. Super, super, super old building. I, thank goodness, have never been in there by myself. However, uh, when I first took the job at the Kimmel Center, one of the things I had to do was take a tour of it because like the seating areas because I needed to be able to sell these tickets. And so I needed to understand what is a limited view versus a full-on obstructed view. Limited view means a pole is in your view. An obstructed view means you are straddling this pole while you are sitting in this seat. Also, there's something called limited comfort. That's when the pole oh doesn't actually... Your seat is the pole. I mean, no, it's where your seat, where the pole encroaches on your seat. Not to the point where you'd have to see through it. You can see around You're pole. literally it's just right next sit, to you. Like literally... But, yeah, but your leg is it's up like against... A person next to you at the in the airplane who right. like is leaning over onto your armchair <laughs> exactly and your it. leg rest but that person is a pole right <laughs> and you're like this is okay because it's a cheaper seat exactly you're gonna save some money on those and lim- then by the end of it you're seats. like i paid 12 american dollars <laughs> <laughs> what did i expect limited comfort seat 
Um, yeah. So I had to, to do a lot of tours to like, you know, really learn the space so I could sell it to people. And um, when we were there, they took us up into the family circle, which is already steep to begin with. Like it's a, it's it's a, it's not as steep as the amphitheater. The amphitheater is like straight up the wall, but the family circle is still pretty steep seating. And I don't love heights, but I'm usually okay in balconies and in theaters in particular. I don't usually have issues with that. But the first thing that happened was we came out and the group all went down to the seats closest to the edge because there is a um, safety bar that comes up above the actual balcony wall. And they all wanted to look and see, like sit in those seats and see how abstracted it was. And I was like, I'm going to just stay up here. Like, I don't need to walk all the way down there. Like, it's totally fine. And within like three minutes of them breaking off and being down there, of course, I feel cold. (laughs) And I was like okay and I'm like and I know what a cold spot is and I'm just like all right well that's all right also maybe it's drafty maybe there's like whatever I'm not really gonna worry right exactly I'm not gonna worry about it too terrible much so I move and I move to a spot which is decidedly not cold and within like two or three minutes suddenly I'm cold again and I was just like okay well then I'm just gonna stand here like I was just be like hey Angela (laughs) and you're like you know what I'm gonna go over here and he's just like hey Angela that's exactly what happened. Um, and you're like, dude, no. Right? I'm just, I just want to be over here. But I had written it away as like a being like, you know, it's fine. Okay. You're clearly here. I got you. But I'm ignoring this because I'm trying <laughs> I was to... just leaving. Right. Thank you. Well, no, thank you. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to listen to what they're saying about these seats down there. And now I have since this time had experienced like waves of vertigo where I just get kind of dizzy and whatever that happens. This was like the first time anything like that ever happened to me. And it was really strange because it wasn't like I was dizzy. It felt like somebody had my shoulders and was like rocking me like this. And suddenly I was like grabbing onto the back of a chair and I was just like, what is happening? And my boss even was like, Mary Angela, are you okay? And I'm like, I need to sit down. And she was like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. I just got really dizzy. And I just sat down and I like took in like three deep breaths and it like, past and it could very well have been like some kind of dizzy spell but my dizzy spells usually last several minutes like they're not like that quick to resolve and mine don't feel like I'm kind of being rocked like but this was definitely like and I don't know if you know this was like I was being bumped into or like what exactly happened but it was a really weird sensation it's the only time that's ever happened and I have I don't go to the family circle anymore. Like I, I wouldn't, won't get seats up there. I'll do, um, I'll do the parquet circle, which is right below it. I will do anything on the floor there, but I won't go up there because it was just really weird. And it was almost the the feeling of, I got so dizzy. I felt like I might tumble down the stairs and fly over the balcony. Like it was really very, very strange, but it definitely stopped when I sat down and then everybody got up and they all were like, right, we're leaving. And I got up and I went with them and then they're like, we're going to the amphitheater. And I was like, no, thank you. Like, I'm good. I'm going to stay inside on the lobby. You guys go do what you have to do. I'm just going to stay right here. I didn't really talk to any of them about it because I was like, that's like, I'm new here and I don't want to be like, so this is weird. Did you guys, is it weird? You know, because nobody seemed to, you know, it was like me, but my my boss asked me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. And she said, you know, maybe your blood sugar or like whatever. And I'm like, I don't think so. But like, (laughs) I'm just going to be like, sure, that's what happened. So I don't know. But when I re- did the research, I was looking up the Academy of Music Philadelphia and it gave me some really interesting things. Countless attendees of Academy events have reported a strange experience while seated in the upper balconies. 
which would be the family circle (laughs) and the amphitheater. A man in black haunts the area behind the last row of seats. I was up at the top. They were down in the front. Just saying. And the lights, when they go up for intermission or after a performance, he disappears. So it's like they say people see him kind of walking around on the upper levels and then lights come up and suddenly like this person isn't there. In addition to the above mentioned man, female visitors who find themselves seated next to an empty seat have reported an invisible companion who joins them. The cushion of the seats next to them indent or they creak or they make a sound like somebody is sitting down next to them. They've also reported being pinched and having their hair pulled while sitting in the seats in the upper balconies, which is where I was in the family circle. Which and this is the first time I had read anything of that. Like when I looked, like I was just like, okay. So you didn't have your hair pulled, like right? I was like, but see, I I didn't. He was like rubbing your shoulders. He was like, like, hey, girl. Question: Was that feeling where you're like, I suddenly felt this vertigo and felt like I was gonna fall over? Was that similar to the feeling you felt in the Ford's Theater as a kid, feeling like you were gonna fall out of that balcony and feeling like you were gonna? Now that you mention it, like. Yeah, very similar. This one was a lot. This one was a lot more intense, though. Like it was. Yeah, weird. you felt it was, like it was really uh, coming from your shoulders. I could, yeah, I could feel something on my shoulders. Where that one was more like somebody behind me, and yeah. like it was, you know, like nudging me, and I was on the floor, but somebody was like nudging me for it, and I was like, you know, what? And yeah, but yeah, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, it was. I had never put that two and two together, but it's like, oh yeah, my god. <laughs> Very similar. I mean, that's what ghosts do. Ghosts don't like want to appear to me or talk to me. They just want to be like, hey. Maybe huh, you just have happening? one ghost attached hey. to you who's just like constantly <laughs> pushing you to be You your don't like balconies. <laughs> it's Debbie's your best friend. She's just pushing you to be your better self. Right. Pushing you towards your dreams. She's just the number one BF. <laughs> she BFF for life after life. Right. She's your, your BF. Your BF. Biffle all. all. Just all that. So yeah, so that's my tour of, of theaters and theater ghosts and experiences that I've had. Um, I'm happy to say that I have experienced nothing at Allen's Lane. That's just an art center. Yeah, ain't nobody <laughs> surprised about that. Nothing's happening there. Nothing's happening there. Nothing's I feel weird when I go downstairs to go to that bathroom in the pottery room by myself, <laughs> but I think that's just because I'm by myself. Right. And theaters and freak me out. The pottery room. The pottery room scares me. I don't like being down there alone. Well, there's like kilns. Either. There's like ways to burn things down there. Like, I don't know. I get it. <laughs> it's just open and it's creepy. I don't like it. But cold spots, and see, you'd never be able to tell if there were cold spots at the stagecrafters because they don't use heat in the winter until you, like, absolutely have to get in there. So anytime you walk into that theater, it's cold. (laughs) So here's my question about the cold spots. I've I've personally never experienced a cold spot, but obviously it's a thing that a lot of people who are into the paranormal talk about because the idea is that the entity is sucking the energy out of the area around you, and so, of course, the space is cold. What does it feel like? Does it feel like you're walking into an ice box? Does it just feel like there's a cold breeze all of a sudden? Or do you just suddenly out of nowhere you're like, Wow, my hair's on an are on end, I suddenly feel like just the temperature around me has changed. Yeah. I mean What is it? It it's cold. It's like like I in the Ford's Theater I thought like the air was on. Like I thought the whole area around me I didn't realize that it was not just where I was like, you know, to me, it was just like, oh, was, I was just so cold. Um, and it would kind of come and go the level of cold, right? It would be like, I'd be like cold. And then it'd be like, all right. And then it'd be cold again, you know, off and on. But it is very much like that. Sometimes it is like a breeze. 
if you're walking through it. So that's something that, you know, I've experienced as well, where it's like, I'll just be walking somewhere and all of a sudden I walk through this moment that's just cold and you're like, whoa, but then you walk out of it and that's how you know, because it doesn't feel like, hey, I've got a fan on you or there's like a vent crossing you right here. It's like, no, I've literally just walked through this cold spot or the spot itself moves through you. So the other thing I've read about in doing research and stuff is people almost describe it as feeling like electric. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you agree? Yes. Yeah. Someone who's felt it? Yes. I would definitely say that. I mean, I have a lot of electric sensations anyway like that's just how I'm wired even before I knew I had MS like I always mm -hmm. would kind of like feel that way but that's a really good description where it's like yeah it's not just suddenly cold I'm, but it's like an it's energy it is like, definitely energy for sure you're, you're, and that's how I identify it as different than being like I'm standing under a vent you know I am whatever in places where I'm like I know there's no breeze there's no vent there's no anything I am you know in this and it's you have to sort of pay attention because it's not like it's really easy to just be like, oh, I just, there's an open window. I just walked yeah. through this thing. You know, it's very easy to do that. But because it's happened to me uh, quite a few times, it's more of me being like, this is what's happening. Okay, I know what this is happening. And that's okay. You know, and I'm not a person who's like, I'm terrified of this. I'm just like, you know, like the rocking chair story, you know, where I'm just like, hello. <laughs> you know, like there's something in this goddamn room behind me. I'm like, there's coming. So I know there is. Room. I don't like. I close the door every time I'm here. I don't like having it behind me. I don't. It, it feels weird. I when swear, this it room feels like was someone's my room, looking at me. That room creeped me out. I feel like there's something looking at me when we're sitting here and we talk about ghosts. I feel like they're like right here on my left shoulder. <laughs> um, but it's really interesting you mentioned that about cold spots because I've always thought I, of course, have never experienced it. Honest to God, like I'm really a skeptic if something to a certain degree happens to me, I'm usually able to be like, well, it was probably this. But a lot of people who talk about cold spots describe it as almost being not necessarily cold, but like there's just this feeling of energy that the only way to verbally express it is a feeling of cold. But it's mm -hmm. really just like almost like a shock of electricity where you're like, wow, I feel cold, but like I also feel like something else on top of it. I got physically cool. Like it just yeah. to me, I was like, just like, if you were to touch your skin, yeah. you were like, wow, I'm like on the I'm outside. Cold. I'm cold. Yeah. And not just being like, wow, my hair's standing on it. And I got a shiver. You were right. like, I'm physically cold. I was cold. like, I'm cold. Oof. And I okay. was like, okay, but you know, and that's just because I attach it to my first experience, which was like I said, me just being like, could we turn the AC down up yeah. there? Cause it's freezing up there. And they're like, yeah, there's no AC. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my theater ghost stories. Those are my Yay. questions. And Mary Angela. Thank you for another captivating, fascinating uh, episode full of personal anecdotes. So riveting. Well, that's all I got, so you can't have me back anymore. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for being back on our podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we would like to, as always, tell you guys to email Hold on. us. Oh, God damn it. What? <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you for a second because okay. I have something to say. Okay. I have something I want to talk about real fast. And I ugh, hit the mic. Um, and I decided to wait and do this when Mary Angela was here too because I feel like it's very exciting. And you were in our first like six, ep seven episodes. But I have something that I want to share with everyone. And it is – let me open it. Our first listener email. <gasps> Shut oh, up! I'm such a dirty bitch and I hid it from you. And if you get to the end and I know who the person is, I'm going to be really sad. Um, I want it to be a legitimate stranger. 
it's a legitimate stranger that you know of. and they emailed us yesterday and I saw it and I hit it and I was like am I gonna tell Stephanie or should I let her read it or is she gonna read no hide it and then show it to her on air <laughs> so it's long you've got two pages there this is our very first listener ghost story this is a oh, special, so special episode you it's guys. super 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 special and that's why i also wanted mary angela here because i wanted more people to get in on Thanks. this and it's our very first listener story so if you send us your ghost stories i swear to god we're gonna read them on the goddamn air but our first inaugural ghost story goes out to the beautiful wonderful erica so everyone say hi erica hi erica erica says she, she from Erica did not say where she was from. Okay. Erica, thanks for your email. Um, So, Erica wanted to tell us her spooky ghost story. Unfortunately, she has no ghost dick pictures to go along as an illustration. That's okay. We'll take it. But thank you. She hopes it isn't too much of a boner killer. (laughs) We see what you did. She's perfect. She's great. We all love Erica already. So, Erica, thank you so much for sending this in. I emailed you back this morning. By the time you hear this, you're going to be like, yeah, I know already. Duh. But thank Next you. <laughs> we love you. And uh, I'm going to tell you a story and I hope I do it. Ghost, uh, ghost justice. Which <laughs> is different than regular justice. Gustus. Does that work? <laughs> Sounds like a name. G-H-U-S-T-I-C-E. Like a, like a German name. Gustus. Gustus. All right. Sorry, Erica. Gustus and Gustus. This is Erica, and I'll be speaking uh, in her As voice. Erica. Yes. So Erica says, I grew up in what I would call a haunted house. It was by no means an Amityville horror shit show, but it could be very creepy at times. Again, I'm reading verbatim. My parents... Sarah as Erica. Yeah, maybe it's my influence. Uh, my parents are the second owners of the house, and it was built during the Great Depression when everyone was poor. On the street I grew up on, my house was the biggest one, but it wasn't like those McMansions you see in every subdivision these days. The only reason why my house was larger than the others was because during the Great Depression, the original owner worked in the coal industry, and he was still making money when no one else was. But my childhood home just proves the theory that money cannot buy you everything. Rumor has it that the original owners had two children, an older son and a younger daughter. My house is two stories, and the second one was originally unfinished. The older brother lived up on the second story, but in the area that is now considered to be the hallway. At the time, it was one large room and not divided off into three rooms like it is today. Allegedly, the younger sister liked to go upstairs and play with her brother, even though it was dangerous because it was unfinished. Apparently... Floorboards were missing, among other structural details, so it wasn't exactly a safe place to be playing in. The younger sister went upstairs to play one day and died Died. tragically in an accident. And unfortunately, I don't know the details, but what I do know is that her spirit still lingers there. I was going to say, that little girl's all up in that, literally in that house, because she fell between the floorboards and now her ghost haunts it. Yep. I've always felt a presence in my house. Not necessarily an evil or a bad one, just that someone was there that wasn't my family. My family felt it and had experiences with the spirit as well. There have been moments when everyone who is in the house is upstairs, but you will hear someone walking up and down the wood floors in the hallway downstairs. Sometimes it would sound like my mom and sister were downstairs talking, even though my sister was out and my mom was upstairs. Other times you would hear the kitchen cabinets opening and slamming shut. No, 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 ma'am. But when you went into the kitchen, nothing would be out of place. 
There would be occasions where it would sound like a person was coming in through the front door of the house, but no one was there. I had friends who would stay the night, and they would tell me about the noises or voices they heard for themselves in the middle of the night. Unfortunately, that meant that not too many of my friends from school wanted to stay over there once the word got around. Our family dog liked to stare off into one corner of my bedroom. Nothing was there. It was just a corner. Nope. But he would gaze up at it as if he could see something I couldn't. Nope, nope. It never really fazed me, but uh, everyone else who saw our dog do it would be a little creeped out by it. My husband has stayed at my parents' house on quite a few occasions. One night, he woke up startled because he heard someone loudly whisper his name into his ear. He looked over at me, saw me soundly sleeping, and he knew that I couldn't have done it. When he asked me about it the next morning, I told him I had no clue and I had slept straight through the night. Trust me, I love sleep so much that I would not bother to wake up in the middle of the night to yell whisper, Josh! (laughs) (laughs) The creepiest thing that happened is when my husband and I were house-sitting for my parents. We had gone out to dinner and when we came back, we noticed the dining room light was turned on and the sideboard drawers were all open. It looked as if someone had pilfered through the drawers trying to find whatever it was they were looking for. There were papers on the floor, ink pens, and some old silverware. It scared my husband to the point where he wanted to leave. I knew, though, that it was just the ghost. I've only felt scared a few times, mostly when I've been by myself and I felt something I couldn't explain. But most of the time, I would just remind myself that it was only the little girl who wanted to play. Her making lots of noise or knocking picture frames off of the walls wasn't her trying to be scary. She just wanted to be noticed. I've never really deeply interacted with her because you never really know who the spirit is on the other side. I'm only assuming it was the little girl. Side note. That's fucking smart, Erica, because demons tend to like to disguise themselves as children to make us interact with them. Back to her story. Sarah's like, as we all know. (laughs) She knows. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, A couple of times I've asked her to try and find her family on the other side. This is when she felt active and it was unnerving to experience. I've always let her know that she could go find her family at any time and that the house was safe in my parents' care. My parents still own and live in my childhood home, and there are still noises and experiences that they can't explain. I'm 32 years old now, and I grew up in my parents' house, and if that little girl hasn't left by now, I doubt she ever will. Oh, hell no. She's there. She's literally in the bones of the house. I just hope whoever gets the house in the future understands that the spirit comes with the house, and I don't think she'll hurt you, but I wouldn't provoke her either. More than likely, she's lost in this world trying to find her way into the next, and she just wants a way to pass the time. I hope you enjoy my personal dead time stories, but can still hopefully get some sleep. And if you decide to share my story on your podcast, just use my first name, Erica. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Erica. Erica found us by listening to Southern Spirits. Oh, heck yes. Which is why I was like, that girl knows not to grow that provoke that little girl ghost because that little girl might be a fucking demon in disguise and erica just sent us the best personal ghost story to our email and we really hope that you guys send us your stories as well and thank you so much erica that creeped me out reading it it creeped me out reading it again right now um and i hope it creeped out everyone listening i'm just like debbie house yeah i was, debbie like, house. I was like that little girl debbie just waiting house. for someone to play debbie house you her. need to get debbie house that's it she just wanted house. someone to play with her yep. that's it 
it. That's all it was. What, so. a, what an episode, you guys. Er- Erica, thank you so much for your email, for Erica, sharing your story with us. Thank you. You're wonderful. You're awesome. You're Tell perfect. your friends. You're you look like Linda Vigil. You look like Linda. You're a model. She could walk out there in a fucking diaper, diaper and people would be like, like Erica, gosh, your smile, smile is beautiful. beautiful. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you want to send us your personal stories, uh, you can always email us at deadtimestories with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget, we're still giving away stickers, and you can get a sticker by reviewing us on iTunes or Facebook and then screenshotting it and sending it either to our email or you can slide into our DMs on Facebook or Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Everywhere we are is Deadtime Stories, all one word, with a Z. Thank you so, so much for listening. And um, thank you, Mary Angela. Yes, Thanks thank for you. having me. I had a great time. Yes. So I'm Sarah. I'm Stephanie. Wait, that's not who I am. <laughs> you and I totally went for it, too. We body swapped in this episode. And this is Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Remy Slackman. I literally did not do that. I, and I, I went with it too. I was like, I'm Stephanie. Wait a minute. I'm not Stephanie. You're not Sarah. But Mary Angela is still Mary Angela.